What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. Alright, so we have a 67 year old male and he's presenting to the emergency department with acute severe chest pain that's radiating to the back. So acute severe chest pain, you definitely want to be thinking about things that are serious. So on your differential, you'd have MI, aortic dissection, pulmonary embolism possibly, pneumothorax, pericarditis, which is inflammation of the pericardium, connective tissue around the heart, and then lastly here, esophageal rupture. Now there are other things that can cause, you know, severe chest pain, but these are ones that are definitely pretty serious. I mean, the other things that are, you know, non-serious, but can cause are GERD and then obviously musculoskeletal pain. But when it's radiating to the back, you definitely want to be thinking about, you know, especially an MI aortic dissection potentially. So let's keep reading here to see what, see what else is going on. His vitals in the DED are 37 degrees Celsius temperature. So he's afebrile. Heart rate's t definitely elevated at 107. Blood pressure, 180 over 94. This is very concerning, very hypertensive. Respiration rate is high as well. So he's definitely um, breathing heavier than usual. So overall, the takeaway from the vitals is he's tachycardic and hypertensive. So his past medical history is notable for hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and diabetes type 2, all very serious cardiovascular risk factors. He's also smoked one pack of cigarettes per day for 50 years. So that's very significant smoking history, also a major cardiovascular risk factor, cancer risk factor as well. Patient is prescribed hydrochlorothiazide and metformin. Hydrochlorothiazide would be for his hypertension, metformin for his diabetes. But he admits that he only takes these medications intermittently. Remember exams have to be pretty clear and cut. Unless they say otherwise, you assume that they're compliant with taking their medications. Here it says otherwise. So you would say that the patient is non-compliant with their blood pressure and, and diabetes medications, which is significant because it essentially means he has untreated hypertension and untreated diabetes, which can cause severe complications. Physical exam reveals normal S1, S2 without any murmurs, gallops, or rubs. So he's got a normal cardiac exam. That doesn't really help us rule anything out because an MI can have pretty normal cardiac exam. Dissection can have a normal exam. Um, lungs are clear to auscultation. Again, that doesn't really help us too much. A PE can have a normal exam, pneumothorax, it depends. What you really need to do to confirm this is you got to get imaging. So they got a chest CT angiography, which is where you shoot some contrast dye in, get a good look at the blood vessels, and that's shown over here to the right. So first, before we get into the imaging, let's just summarize the key history and exam findings. So again, he's an elderly gentleman, acute severe chest pain, it's radiating to the back, he's hypertensive and tachycardic, significant risk factors for cardiovascular disease, both coronary disease and aortic disease, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, these are all smoking especially, are all serious risk factors for aortic disease as well. And then again, he's not compliant with these medications. So again, this further increases his risk factors. And then you got a normal heart and lung exam. So the question is, which of the following is the most likely pathology in this patient? So what they're really asking you is to differentiate which of these this patient has based on really the imaging here. So it's really an, an anatomy question because at the end of the day, radiology is applied anatomy. 
And so let's take a step back here and review the anatomy and, and then apply it to understanding this radiology image here. So if we look at this anterior view of the heart and the great vessels, the great vessels again would be the aorta, pulmonary trunk, pulmonary arteries, superior and inferior vena cava. So this is an anterior view. So over here you have a axial CT scan or CT angiography. So axial as if you could take a horizontal slice through the body. This is anterior. Here you can see the sternum right here. You can see the ribs like this. Posterior here. Here you can see the vertebral column here and the ribs extending out off of the thoracic vertebrae here. And so what you're really doing with this is again you're taking a horizontal slice. So if we look at this here, it's almost as if you're cutting through this portion here. Because what you can see here is you have a let's take our, our first kind of obvious landmark here. So you see this here, this is the pulmonary trunk right here. So we'll label that PT. And then here, again, because this is right, this is left, this is going to be your left pulmonary artery. And the reason you know that is because if you look here, here's the ascending aorta. So the aorta essentially has, at least in the chest, has three sections. They have the ascending aorta, here's the aortic arch, and then the, here's the descending aorta, where then it travels down through the thoracic cage and then into the abdomen. And so since you're cutting here, you're going to have you know, a section of the, of the ascending aorta and then a section of the descending aorta. Here's, here's the pulmonary trunk. Here it bifurcates into the left pulmonary artery, and you can see that it's anterior to the de descending aorta. So I think we can label this here the descending aorta. And if you look at the descending aorta, it looks pretty uniform across. It doesn't have any abnormal enlargement, so it seems like this is okay on first glance. Let's look through the rest of the, of the image just to confirm. So then on the other side here, we have the right pulmonary artery. So the right pulmonary artery is branching off here. And so if we look here, here's the right pulmonary artery here. And as you can see, it kind of ducks behind the ascending aorta, travels posterior to it. So if you look here, here it is traveling here. So just anterior is just as we see the ascending aorta. And so again, here, you, just like how we sliced through here, we have the ascending aorta. You can't see the arch. Because of, the, because of being in the axial plane. And then here's the descending aorta, aorta here. And so if we look here, and this arrow is kind of giving it away, you can see that there's this, this line here that's separating these two sections of the ascending aorta. So what, you, what you're looking for at here is you see an abnormal enlargement, you see a kind of a septation or separation here. And what this would be is an aortic dissection. Now, with an aortic dissection on imaging, what you're going to see is what's called the true lumen, which is this smaller portion here, and then you're going to see the false lumen here. Now, how do you know which one is which, and what does that mean? So if you remember your histology for blood vessels, so you have the lumen here, and then you have your tunica intima here. Then you have your muscularis here. And then you have your adventitia on the outermost portion. So you have blood traveling in here, right? So if you have a breakdown in this intima and then blood leaks out into this muscular layer, that's an aortic dissection. So you can have an aneurysm that eventually gets to the point where you have a breakdown in the wall in the intima and blood will leak into this muscularis space. And that's what you're seeing here with this false lumen. So you see a break, it's really a breakdown of the blood vessel. The reason you see it kind of larger than the true lumen here is it's, is it's broken down and it's rapidly filling up with blood. And so again, that's a hallmark sign of an aortic dissection. 
So you have a true lumen versus a false lumen. And you can see down here again in the descending aorta, you don't see abnormal enlargement and you don't see that separation with a true and a false lumen. So as far as classifying the aorta, the Stanford classification is used because it helps with guiding clinical management. So again, you have, as you can see here in the diagram, you have the ascending aorta, here's the arch of the aorta here, and then you have the descending aorta here. And so the Stanford type A, you remember A for ascending. So both of these type A and type B can involve the aortic arch. It's based on where it originates. So if it originates in the ascending aorta and then it can travel up and involve the aortic arch, it's considered a type A, those go to surgery. Type B is where it involves the descending aorta, aorta where you're distal to the left subclavian artery here, which you see here. So remember the aortic arch, you have the brachiocephalic artery here, breaks off into the right subclavian artery, the right common carotid artery, then you have the left common carotid artery that comes off here, and then the, la the left subclavian artery is the most distal down this point of the arch. And so when you're distal to the branching point of the left subclavian artery, you've entered into the descending aorta, and any aneurysm that originates beyond that point is considered a type B, so originating in the descending aorta. Now it can travel up and involve the arch as well, just like a type A. Type Bs are treated uh, more so medically than surgically, you know, if they have hypertension, you'd help decrease the hypertension, you manage any other kind of medical risk factors. And if there are significant complications, then you would do surgery. So if we return to the question here, I think we've pretty much answered the question. But let's just go through the answer choices here to, you know, help solidify that. So first, a saddle pulmonary embolus. So if you look here at the pulmonary artery here, the pulmonary trunk branching into, you know, the, the right and left pulmonary artery here, what you would see with the, a, a saddle embolus is pretty serious. It's a, it's a very large uh, embolism that has essentially clotted off the trunk and then also the branching point of both right and left pulmonary arteries and it has sort of this saddle shape which is why it's named so the other thing on CTA which you see is filling defects so, so look at the artery here you see this nice uniform filling across here you wouldn't see this with a especially a saddle pulmonary embolus you'd see thready you would see dark patches here because you have obstruction to flow and you just don't see that Stanford type A, aortic dissection. Again, here's the ascending aorta, descending aorta, and you can see there's a true lumen and a false lumen, and so, which is, what, again, as we say here, what you'd see on CTA. So that appears to be the answer. Type B, again, is where you have an aneurysm originating from the descending aorta. Again, you'd see a true and false lumen. You just don't see that here with the descending aorta, and you'd see that on a CTA. Cardiac tamponade is buildup of fluid within the pericardial space. Usually that obstructs the flow and interferes with heart function, so you develop cardiogenic shock where they would actually be turned hypotensive versus hypertensive here. You'd, you'd see pericardial thickening, and then you'd see, you could also see enlargement of the superior vena cava or the inferior vena cava on CT. Again, you just don't see that here in the imaging, and it doesn't correspond to the other findings in the case. Lastly here, Borhoff syndrome. This is rupture of the esophagus due to vomiting. You'd see an intramural hematoma within the esophagus and then parasophageal air around the perforation because you're, you have a break in the esophagus and it's leaking air out. And you could also see if you're running contrast through, you could also see contrast leaking out as well. Here's where the esophagus is here. You can see this little patch of air. Usually there's a, like the center of the esophagus has some air in it, which is black on CT. And it also is in this position. It travels about anterior to the descending aorta along the vertebral column as well. And so you just don't see these findings here that we indicate. And so now we can definitively say that the answer is Stanford type A aortic dissection, which again would be a dissection of the ascending aorta. And you can see that here again with the true lumen and the false lumen here. 
in this abnormally enlarged vessel, especially when you compare it to the de descending aorta here. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Make sure you check back every Wednesday for new Da Vinci cases. And then to see the corresponding video for this audio, check out our website at dviacademy.com, where you can also find PDF notes for this audio as well. Also on our site, you can find our book and video packages for anatomy and biochemistry. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly posts and video. And then lastly, if you have any questions about the content of this video or about Da Vinci Academy, put them in the comments and our team will be sure to answer them. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.